Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, LZ, the mayor. Now let's get to it. All right, Sabir, let's dig in right away. Tell me a little bit about your background, where you're from, how you got to where you are today. Sure. It's been a pretty long journey. Even though I look like a young guy, I've been uh, in my career for 30 plus years now. So it's been uh, an interesting ride. From a schooling standpoint, I I went to uh, college to get Queens College, same college as Jerry Seinfeld, the comedian. I went there not to get a comedian's degree. I actually went there to get my computer science degree. You know, it was a while ago. I'm actually teaching at Queens College right now. I'm not teaching computer science. I'm teaching entrepreneurship <laughs> at, at Queens College. Um, I, I live in, the, uh, in a very close by area here. Yeah, so my, my career started as a computer hacker, programmer. I've written millions of lines of code. I had been coding since I was six years old, so getting a computer science degree in college was a no-brainer. So I, I, that's what I got. But over time, and and we will go get in get in more into it. You know, over time, I transitioned into this revenue growth hacker, and I'm known in the industry now as a like an Uber marketer, growth hacker that that can take businesses and grow them two x to ten x in a very short period of time. Uh, so that's kind of my superpower now. And I utilize my computer science background and stuff like that and, and knowledge of technology, you know, which is very heavy duty, hardcore, to really leverage it for that scaling. Uh, and, and it's not like scaling hardware. You know, most people go there. They think that that's what I'm doing. No, it's customer acquisition. It's all out marketing. It's customer acquisition, retention, reactivation, bringing amazing products to market and, and having the right strategy in place. Got it. Can you teach entrepreneurship? That's that's a very interesting question, right? I think I'm a testament of you can learn entrepreneurship, you know, you can learn it. But the thing is, you need to you do need to have that knack. You do need to have that knack that gives you that edge. Otherwise, you're going through the mechanics of entrepreneurship. You're not really thinking, you know, I hate to use the phrase uh, thinking out of the box, but you're not thinking out of the box. You're thinking like, oh, you know what? I need to go through these uh, 12 steps. I need to go through these uh, six things. I need to do SEO optimization. I need to do this and that. You're going through the mechanics of it, but you cannot really think outside the box to really, uh, how do you take a product that has no presence, nobody knows about it, to becoming becoming a household name? That cannot be your, your basic uh, marketing classes that you took. You have to have some interesting side of you that you think very differently 
in order to bring that product and 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 make it a household name. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned that you are known in the industry as as a growth hacker, but that didn't happen overnight. I mean, there that that had to be a pro- a process of of becoming to get to this point. So, tell me a little bit about that that becoming of of being becoming a growth hacker. All right. First, I want to comment on overnight success. You know, you use the use the phrase overnight success, right? Overnight, you know. It took Gary Vaynerchuk of roughly about 15, 20 years for his overnight success. It took me 30 plus years for the overnight success I've had. It's it was a very long night, let's say that, you know. It it, it was overnight success, but it was not eight hours. Uh it took 30 years in my case, right? Gary Vaynerchuk, 15, 20 years. Steve Jobs, uh, you know, very successful. It took him a while too, right? Uh, you know, from the from the initial Mac OS and bringing that to market to getting fired to getting, uh, you know, uh, becoming uh, the overnight success he became. Elon Musk, same thing, right? You know, with with PayPal and the mishaps with SpaceX and then even with Tesla and stuff like that. But now it's an overnight success. Mm-hmm. So overnight success, first of all. If you put that on yourself as an entrepreneur, you're putting in uh, uh, like uh, unnecessary anxiety and panic over you because you're looking at a North Star like all all the folks that I just mentioned and many more, right? It it took Warren Buffett, what, about 50 years to perfect his uh, craft to to become uh, one of the best investors in the world, right? So uh, don't put that kind of a pressure on yourself, you know, because you think that uh, oh, you know what? I'm looking at XYZ overnight success. Yeah, but you're not looking at all the painful uh, pain periods that they went through to become this overnight success that you think that it took them overnight. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was a lot of iteration, reiteration, successes, failures, and that constant iteration. And they were smart. You know, you have to be smart about, well, you know, either you succeed, but don't let that get to your ego. <laughs> you know, use that. To scale that thing up, that experiment that you just saw that it worked really well for you, and on the other side of it, when you think you failed, you actually, you know, you learn the lesson, right? Take it like that. You learn the lesson, take that lesson, and see how you can take that and change the parameters of your test, and and treat it almost like in a very scientific way, treat it like you're you're testing something, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know you you tried the blue color, blue color didn't work, try the green color. Try the orange. I'm talking about checkout buttons, you know, <laughs> you know, or it could be shirts that you're selling or or the or the packaging that you did and, and it failed. It was just a test. It was a test. Just keep keep going. Right. So you use a couple of, of interesting terms. You said it, you know, experiment. You said testing. What is the, the scientific method of entrepreneurship? What is what is that process of iterating, right? Because it's it it sounds easy, simple, but it's not easy. I'll tell you my my technique, at least from my POV, right? To me, I I would never say I'm right, ever. Like as soon as you say that, go like, oh, you know what? I was right about that five dollar coupon. Look at how many people came back. Don't do that to yourself. Don't ever do that. You know. And, and every boardroom, every executive, executive management boardroom, and every you know every one of those meetings, everybody looks at a north star person, right? The CEO is right, the CMO is right, the VP of marketing is right, she is right because she is the VP of whatever product management, right? As soon as you do that, you're bound to fail, hundred percent, because now you're you're saying that 
it has nothing to do with the the strategy or the mechanics of how you set up that thing that you were trying to test, right? Whether it was a product, a market, audience, you know, whatever it is, right? You you're basically saying that it's not that. It's it's me. I am I'm the genius because of me it succeeded, right? So as soon as you do that, that ego is going to get in the way of every decision making, right? And what it does to your team, I'm obviously you're not working solo, right? You know, you have you have a whole team behind you that's working on that. You turn them off also, right? Because they're they're not part of it. It's it's your story. You're 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 the amazing guru, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So that's rule number one. Never think it's you. Uh, set the experiment, and plus, at least if it doesn't work, you can change the parameter and go like, okay, you know what? That didn't work. I'm gonna move on, right? I'm gonna try something different. But if it was your ego, you're going to keep on pouring more money into that, thinking that, you know, it's, it should work. It should work. Maybe we need to put more money in. Oh, yeah. Facebook tells us that uh, when you go from $1,000 a day to $100,000 a day, we're going to get a better return on that. No. Look, your audience is wrong. Your creative is wrong. Your your ad copy is wrong. The way you position the product is wrong. That That positioning does not work for this audience that you're going after. It could be a thousand different reasons why it doesn't work, right? But as soon as you make it yourself and, and you make it very personal like that, it's it, that that's number one mm-hmm. set up for fa- failure, right? Instead, you, you say, okay, you know what? We will run this experiment. These are the three creatives we're going to try. This messaging has this goal. This one has this goal. And this one has that goal, right? And we're going to go after, we're going to each one of these creatives, we're going to test it against two or three different audiences, you know, young middle age and old let's 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 assume that and then we're gonna we're gonna try that and see if that works and better yet get, let's break it up into male versus female right so that we can we can also test if we put a male creative how does it perform when we put a female creative different age group demographic the middle age creative goes to middle aged people the older people see the older creative the younger people see the young millennials and young family and stuff like that that's what you're testing. Mm-hmm. Test it at that level. And whatever works, these nine experiments we just ran, you know, five of them really su- succeeded really well. What are those parameters? Or well, what, what are the mechanics of, you said, identify the KPIs that are important. In the initial stage of your brand, maybe customer acquisition is important. And as long as you can afford to bring on those customers, that's more adoption. Product adoption is most important and brand awareness. You may want to invest in that early on. But it doesn't mean that that's your answer 12 months down the line or six months down the line. Six months down the line, now you have 10,000 customers. Are you doing anything with retention marketing? Are you bringing them back to keep on buying from you? Because you did invest in acquiring these 10,000 customers. You know, If you spend $100 a piece, that's, that's a big budget that you spent on acquiring 10,000 people. Can you get them to buy again a second time so that your cost of your acquisition goes down over time? So that's that's how I would uh, approach it, like literally going through those stages and the c- consumer lifecycle, experimenting and testing different kind of criteria and stuff like that. Not ego. Don't test your ego because when you fail, you're going to fall very hard. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to fall very hard. Emotionally, you will be drained. It's better to stay away from those things, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, mo- it's better to just focus on what works. Scale that up. What doesn't work, change the parameters, retest it, you know. And then see if that works. If it doesn't work, if you need to abandon it, abandon it. Because there are millions of other ideas. You, you don't have to stick with a few that you brainstormed in a room and 
you think that all oh, those are the eight different ways we're going to do it. Believe me, there are eight million ways of doing anything. Now, you mentioned ego in your response there. One of the things that we love to talk about here on the show is self-mastery. How, how do you begin to master that little but big thing that we call ego? So I'll, I'll take you back about 25 years, the young Sabir, right? Young Sabir was a horrible person <laughs> on a team, horrible person, right? I just told you to do this, do it this way. If you cannot do it, you're an idiot, that type of a person. What I can tell you is the self-mastery and uh, getting control of my ego has taken 25 years mm. and it has improved over time. It doesn't happen overnight, right? And any of those kind of like, it's a lot of self-reflection. It's a lot of looking deeper into yourself to see, you know, did this thing fail because we did the wrong things or did it fail because what I did, right? Because if you mistreated one of your top developers on the team, engineers, and the person is now just collecting a paycheck and doesn't care about your, you know, anybody's success, your success, or company's success, nothing. To them, it's just a paycheck. They'll come in. They'll do the bare minimum that's needed. Mm -hmm. Did they turn into that person because the way you treated them mm -hmm. as, as a leader, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That only comes over time, right? You can't clap with one hand. You know, you need, you need both hands to clap. And when you work on a team, it's clapping off many hands working together in order to create an amazing, you know, music or anything like that, if you can think of it. You're more of a music conductor and you have all these people who have different instruments and they have mastery over those instruments. You just need to be a great conductor to conduct that music to come up with an amazing symphony, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't do that, then if you pay attention to the guitar guy, you know, and then it's going to just sound like a lot of guitar. It's not going to sound like beautiful music. It's not going to be a mix of different things everybody playing together, right? So it's not one thing. It's, it's just that journey. As long, the earlier in your career you have that realization, the better leader you become over time. Mm -hmm. And it took me that long to become the person I am today. Was there something specific that happened that kind of was a catalyst to that realization? Because a lot of times we we can understand the concepts of a thing, but it doesn't really click until that that situation, that circumstance, or that egg on the face moment. Did you have any any of those, or was it just a long process of of understanding? So I don't want to say that it was like a because some people go through that realization when when they go through a uh, some sort of a debilitating disease, or their loved one goes through some sort of a disease thing, and then. And then they go like, you know what, I, I now I know what's important. It didn't happen to me. I Even though I have people who suffer from like chronic illness and stuff like that in my life, it wasn't that, you know. It was a realization that, you know, what I said earlier on, I said that somebody believing in me that a computer scientist and engineer, Scotty, basically, from, from Star Trek, would be able to become a marketer, right? So somebody actually trusted me with that. And at one point in my career where... I wouldn't even trust me to to do that. I wouldn't, right? And they trusted me and to put me in in a category that I had no business in. I never took a marketing class in in college. I never took a business class. The only things that I took because of core requirements, because of college credits, I had to take accounting 101 and economics 101. That's it. That was the core requirements. And I took it just to pass it so that it was part of my core. That's it. Everything I did was everything physics, mathematics, computer science degrees, I mean, computer science courses, programming classes, stuff like that. That's what all I took, right? 
uh, and all these other things, psychology 101 and all these other things that I use a ton of psychology today, you know, consumer psychology and stuff like that. I took a psychology 101 back in college. But the realization was like, look, here's a person who is trusting me with their business. And they believe because uh, they believe that I have the smarts to actually take that on and be responsible for learning. If they can trust me with that, maybe, you know what it is? It's, you know, one thing occurred to me and I had read a book at one point uh, later or something like that over the past 25 years, you know, uh, fast is slow, slow is fast, you know? So when you think you're running fast, somebody else looking at you thinks that you're a slot, you're slow, you're super slow, right? And, and in places where you think you're going slow, somebody else might go like, you know what, could you slow it down? I You're going too fast for me. I don't get it. You know, mm-hmm. can you explain that to me again? So, you know, that it's it's different pace. It's not like some person is less intelligent or more intelligent than others. It's just, for example, if I say to you, you know, what, what languages, uh, LZ, do you speak? English. Just English, right? Yes. LZ, you're illiterate in Chinese. That would be a true statement. You're uneducated, illiterate in Chinese. Mm-hmm. Right? Or German. Yes. So it, it has nothing to, it has to do with the context of what you know. Mm-hmm. Right? Albert Einstein is the worst chef in the world. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with him being E equals MC square scientist. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the thing is, it's, it's the context of what you are really smart in or you're, you're really crafted in versus... You know, and also it also uh, there is a secondary message in there that I'm saying, like, if you're good at something, be really good at that thing. Mm-hmm. Don't look at some other person and say that, oh, you know what? That other person is such a genius. Gordon Ramsay is an amazing chef. Great. He's not a computer scientist. You know, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he is. Maybe he, I know he's a footballer. I don't know if he's a computer scientist. Mm-hmm. But but it's it's that thing. Like it was that realization that somebody one trusts me with their business that I can take it. And and that was my first time around uh, doing it. And I educated myself in marketing and, and uh, it was a lot of technical marketing at that stage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of data-driven uh, marketing because this was the early days of e-commerce. No books existed on that. So I looked at a lot of very traditional marketing books that had to do with lifecycle marketing, recency, frequency, monetary value, lifetime values, Stuff like that, to me, it looked like mathematics, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what, and I had background in mathematics, a lot of mathematics, so because of computer science. So I, I took that in and I, I basically, uh, I said, okay, you know, this looks like marketing to me, at least at, from an e-commerce perspective, looks like fancy math, right? And I just dug deeper and deeper and deeper. I came up with a lot of different concepts that, that has become table stakes now mm-hmm. uh, in, uh, in e-commerce. And that's that's what I kind of learned from that perspective. And I said, you know, look, if somebody can trust me to do that for them with I have zero background in completely marketing illiterate, right, that I can do that. I need to give a, a better chance to people who are, let's say, beginner programmers or they're intermediate. They don't know anything about project management or technical you know, making technical decisions. They may not know how to code really well, but they're not there yet because they're still learning that. So that, that's what, that was a realization that I started to like park my ego very early on. It, it took a while, you know, because you, you don't go from zero to 100 overnight, you know, it, is, it does take time. And that was my realization. And it took a while for it, for it to get there. Now, you know, I, when I have a conversation, it's for me, uh, it's more of an input 
it is a data point. It is an input. I just want to, I want to, I want to understand that. Like I, I speak with entrepreneurs about their businesses and how I can help them grow them. Or if they're stuck, how can I get them unstuck? If they're unprofitable, how do, how do they become profitable? Most of those meetings are them like literally I'm providing business therapist. Um, that's what I am. They're downloading to me everything that they have done, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, as long as they can open the kimono and just be as truthful as possible, I can I can understand all the parameters and everything that they have done. And because of my like 25, 30 years of experience, I've seen a lot of different things, you know, and I've solved a lot of things so that when I do get involved in those businesses, to me, you go like, OK, you know what? I've solved this about 10 times already. You know, this is how I'm going to make the adjustment. And when you make that very careful adjustment, it's like Gordon Ramsay making a slight adjustment to the ingredient or to the recipe and it's a masterpiece you know that's that's what you learn over time like you know that if you if you are smart enough about keeping your eyes eyes and ears open you you would be able to kind of learn those lessons and then going forward you would be able to apply it towards like just minor adjustments and then boom you 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 have a success story uh you can take a complete failure into a success story now earlier we talked about can you teach entrepreneurship? And you alluded to somewhat an it factor, right? That you, that you really have to have in order to, to be a successful um, business owner. Um, you even mentioned it when you were talking about somebody trusted you to run a business because apparently they saw that it factor as well. Talk a little bit about what is that it factor, right? I mean, you, you took it upon yourself to study, to learn marketing. Nobody told you, hey, you need to do these things. You just did it. Talk about that a little bit, what that is and why it's so important to, to have that element when you're at the top of the food chain. So one thing you learn as a computer scientist, right? And I learned this very early on. I've been programming since I was six years old, you know? So I've been doing it for that long. One thing you learn as a computer scientist, one skill you learn is uh, you never know everything. <laughs> you never do, right? And if you're open to that, then you can learn a lot quicker. You know, when you say that, you know what, I don't know anything about cooking. What do I need to figure out to learn to cook? I've never touched anything in the in the kitchen, not, no utensils, nothing. I don't know anything about painting a house, right? That's a good place to start. If you realize that right now we have GPS systems, but back in the day when you got lost, it depended on who the driver was. If it was a male driver, they would be lost forever, right? Because they don't want to stop at a gas station and own up to the fact that they are lost. Mm -hmm. Versus a woman driver, she would stop and go like, oh, where can I go to XYZ Street? Uh, the person would say, oh, you know what? Make two left turns or they will sell you a map. You know, most gas stations started doing that. They will sell you a map and then you can figure out where you are, right? So it, it's that. If you, if you start with the fact that you don't know what you don't know, right? That's a good place to start. Mm -hmm. You can educate yourself. And today in 2022, when we are recording this right now, you have YouTube. I'm sure that the topic you're thinking about, there's at least a million videos, everything from a quick 15 seconds to a whole three hour course on whatever you want to learn. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for free, you don't have to even pay for it. You can watch that and you can compare your notes to one person saying, no, you have to use a hammer. The other one says, no, 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 you, you have to use a plier. Okay, you know, you got at least two perspectives that tells you how to do that thing, whatever you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have a one, I, in me, I have, I'm driven. I'm very driven, right? If I want to do something, 
I'm I'm gonna figure out how to do it. I'll 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 figure it out. I may know zero about it, nothing. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through and I'm gonna educate myself. And you know, on Friday I didn't know anything about it. By Monday morning, believe me, uh, you know, I may not have even slept. I may have consumed as much content as I could to kind of at least educate myself. I may know zero about it. On Monday, at least I have a perspective. You mm -hmm. know, not mm -hmm. necessarily I'm an expert, but I'm, I have a perspective. At least I understand. You know. It needs to be rounded corners. It can't be edgy corners. Whatever it is, you know, I, I have a I have a sense of it, right? So at least I can I know intelligent questions to ask in that scenario. So that's one part of it, and the thirst for knowledge is the other one, right? To to me, like as a computer scientist, you know, computer science is is one of those skill sets that you can apply to anything nowadays, right? You could work on space shuttle, so you need to learn about space. You could work in a health Healthcare, you need to understand what are HIPAA laws and all of that stuff. So you are educating yourself. Oh, you can't do, you cannot say that. You cannot ask for this. This field needs to be only this much. These are the choices that need to be there. You learn a lot about as a computer scientist in the healthcare, you need to learn about those things. As a, as a gaming person, if you're building games, you need to know velocity of the wind and the snow and the arrows and, and artificial intelligence and all that kind of stuff you need to put into your game to make it, make it interesting. And you're learning that kind of a skill set, even though programming is programming, right? You're writing code in Python, C++, whatever, right? But you need to learn that craft. In my case, that craft happened to be business and marketing and revenue growth. That, that was a skill set. And that's what I kind of specialized on uh, over time. And then I, I do have sub-specializations of uh, doing, going to a consumer versus a business. It's different uh, school of thoughts on that, right? It's not the same. Uh, B2B marketing, B2C marketing, you know, when you're working with government, how do you work with them? How do you work with healthcare clients? How do you bring a product in fashion to market versus vitamins and supplements? Those are very different things, right? And and it's not the same thing, right? Having that thirst, that's the, the it, I think it is, versus somebody who says, oh, I know everything already. You, you can't teach me anything. Mm -hmm. That person, if that person who trusted me with their business, right? If that if I was that person, they'll say, you know what, he's close to any kind of suggestion. So if I even spend time explaining to him how this business works and what consumers do and stuff, I'm going to be wasting time because he's not interested at all. Mm -hmm. And then they bail out, they they walk away. Uh, the smart people want to work with people who are at least, uh, you know, uh, on at least they have the capacity to learn, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if you're closed out to learning, if you're closed out to any kind of suggestion or mentoring or anything like that, you close out a ton of people who are very who are thousand times more smarter than you, you know, mm -hmm. because at least they have that self-realization and self-actualization. They know who they are, right? And they're willing to invest in you. But if you don't want to invest in yourself, they, they walk out of your life, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What What are some of the things that, in, in terms of thought leadership, that you believe or um, hold to, to be true that somebody else in your field might not agree with? Things change. Right. In case, especially in case of tech and technology and internet, things change all the time. Right. Facebook flying high on all e-commerce dollars flowing towards it for ads. Apple makes one change and, and Facebook ads don't perform at the level they were performing before. Right. Audiences is less, all those kinds of things like that. Right. So if you are a business owner and you're relying on that, and you and your entire you put all of your eggs in the proverbial uh, Facebook basket, 
and you're, that's your only marketing channel. You don't do anything else. You don't do anything with Google, YouTube, no content marketing strategy, nothing else. Oh, you, we just invest a thousand bucks. It gives us $4,000 in revenue. We're very happy with Facebook. You know what? Things change, right? That, so that's one. Consumer taste changes also, mm. right? You were great. You're not great now, <laughs> you know? You know, like, like Mike Tyson when he was 20, very different boxer than when he was 40, when he was 45, you know, right? And even great Muhammad Ali said that, like, look, you know, you have, nobody has defeated you, right? Do you think anybody can ever defeat you? Yeah, obviously, yes, right? I'm getting old. There are younger guys and faster guys coming along. Yeah, eventually I'm going to get beaten up because I, I'm getting older, right? I'm not as fast as I used to be, right? That, that's exactly from, from one, one of the things that he had said, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if they are the greatest boxers in the world can, can come to terms with that, right? The best boxers in the world. You running a business channel or running a, uh, your own business and stuff, you, you need to be more down to earth also and, mm -hmm. and make the assumption things change on a daily basis. Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. more the more prepared you are for those kinds of things and not i'm not talking about plan b i'm talking about plan a like a lot of uh e-commerce uh companies they focus on one or two channels there are 27 right you you did you even test out the other channels i, I come across so many businesses that they don't do even the very basic stuff like content marketing like search engine optimization for example Mm -hmm. They think it's in the 90s, it's long gone. No, Google still is the number one traffic driver to most of the sites in the world, including Amazon.com, mm -hmm. right? So you think you're above above Google and above Amazon? You have figured out a, a magical way of driving things? Like, amazing, you're having great success on TikTok with influencers. Yeah, but you're missing out on all of this other. Your, your business could be 10x. You're happy with $100,000 a day? Why isn't it not $1 million a day? When, when I unpack that, that's what I see. And, and I'm, not a, I'm not a strategist that focuses on you spending more money on one ad channel and that's it. And that's the magic bullet. That's no magic, right? You spend more, you know, eventually you hit a ceiling, but you're, you're going to get more. But you're not, you're, you're not going to get more output out of that more part of it. Meaning that if you're, for every dollar you're spending, you're getting $4. You're spending a thousand bucks. You're getting four thousand. Okay, yeah. If you change it to ten thousand, it would be forty thousand. But the productivity, maybe that ten thousand might even go to like thirty-five thousand or thirty thousand because as you're scaling, maybe the strategy is not right there. But you're missing out on all the other ten thousand dollar returns that you could be getting, or or thirty thousand dollar returns from all the other channels. So I'm kind of agnostic. I look at the entire business, the whole ecosystem, and see what's missing from it. Not only that, but I also look at competition and see what they're not doing that uh, that we should be doing for this business. You know, that's very different than that's. Oh my God, here's a gap. N none of the competitors are doing this thing because every one of those competitors has hired somebody who is a specialist in Facebook or Google. They're not, and they're doing all paid advertising. They don't do anything in con content marketing at all. No influencer marketing, no affiliate marketing, none of the other stuff. None. No SMS. They don't even have an email database, you know, because they don't believe in it, right? You know, that's it's that. Like, if you if you pull yourself back and look at the whole picture, you'll see what's missing from the picture. And it's like uh, admiring Mona Lisa's portrait by looking at her ear, you know, or, or one the earlobe 
part of the year, right? Not not even the whole year. And and you're admiring how beautiful that lobe is. You know, you're not looking at the whole picture. You have to look at the whole picture to admire and really get the most benefit out of out of uh, your business. Got it. Well, that that's a lot. We could probably teach a week long workshop just on on that alone. Um, but uh, if if people want to reach out to you, learn more about your business, what you do, uh, or if they want to just say hi, how can they do that? So if you one place to go is actually on, on here. But if you're doing if you're consuming this on an audio podcast, is growthbysabir.com. Growth b y s a b i r dot com. Uh, when you go there, I do uh, I do have my own live show also where I interview for one hour top experts in, in their field, entrepreneurs, founders, and stuff like that. So there's a lot of free content there too for you to consume. You can. And then I also list out the different types of uh, services that I provide to businesses where one of the, one of the ones I do is uh, I basically make a bet with a founder of a company or, an, or the owner of the company that I will 2x your business on a daily trend in six weeks. And I charge, I charge them ahead of time. But if I cannot do that, I'm going to return your 100% of your fees back. So that's my, that's my, one of the services I provide to, I, I, there's a lower bar to it, like meaning that uh, you have to be making a minimum of uh, 500K a year in, in, and up to two and a half million in that range. I'll, I'll offer that service. But if you're bigger than that, then uh, what I do is uh, I do deep dive strategy because you're, you're growing up. You're not, you're, you're not a baby. You're, you're more like a toddler, right? So I'm going to, uh, we have to look at the business and it's not a 2x. We have to work on a proper uh, strategy so that you can 6x to 10x the business over the next two and a half, three years, you know? So that's the that that's still a million dollar business would be ten million dollar business in a um, short period of time. If you're lower than five hundred k, I offer uh, rapid coaching for six weeks, where I can help you uh, make sure that you're you're doing the right things that you need to be doing in order to to kind of coach you through is your business set up for success? You know, even if you are, you know, fifty k a year or hundred k a year up to like five hundred k. So I, I provide like rapid coaching for a six week period. So those are the kind of ter- types of services uh, I provide. You can go get on growthbysevere.com and just hit the book a discovery call with me and I'll hop on and we'll discuss your needs. Got it. Sounds good. Thank you so much for your time, Sabir. It's been a pleasure, LZ. It's a pleasure being on your show. Thank you for having me. If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.